Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here, and thank you, as always, for joining me. We've got uh, a good amount of news to talk about in the past uh, couple days. We've had some retail numbers come out. We've had uh, earnings from a couple different uh, retailers that we follow pretty closely, and uh, we had some updates from Elon Musk, from Tesla, about uh, their future, about ride sharing, and uh, a little bit more news that we're going to get into here. So uh, again, thank you guys for joining me. And uh, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so, so that you do not miss any future episodes here from me. And uh, go ahead and share to uh, someone who might be interested in getting started started in investing. And uh, yeah, I guess with that being said, let's uh, let's take a look here as to what that retail report uh, had come out. Uh, what was that Monday morning? I believe maybe Tuesday morning. Uh, but uh, yeah, U.S. Uh, April retail sales were up four-tenths of 1%. The consensus was up uh, 0.8 tenths of uh, 1%. And uh, so we came in a little bit light there. And uh, the US uh, April retail sales, excluding autos, came in at 0.4%. The consensus was 0.4%. So it looks like um, uh, when we brought out the autos, we were right in line. But it uh, looks like, uh, I guess those auto numbers are really lagging and uh, they brought down that overall retail sales average for the month of April. So we are seeing a uh, kind of a demand shift away from some of these different things that you know just a year ago where everyone had to have a new car and we were paying above sticker, you couldn't get them and, and now those numbers are kind of falling off. So uh, it's very interesting to see what the difference of 12 months will actually make in a in a market or in an economy and you know going forward um well i, I wanted to bring this up a little bit later but i guess it's a, a good uh, segue now to get into what uh, elon is saying about um well one the model y but also where they are going uh in the next 12 months and uh first up he wanted to say that the uh the model y is on track to be the best-selling car in the world globally in 2023 uh, in the U.S., it was the best-selling non-pickup vehicle in Q1. In Europe, it was the best-selling vehicle of any kind in Q1. And in China, it was the best-selling SUV in Q1. So uh, a lot of different things are pointing to the fact that that Model Y might be the uh, the bread and butter of Tesla right now. I'm um, seeing a lot of threes and a lot of Ys on the road. Uh, you know, fewer Model Xs and Ss that are uh, that new that re vamp design from i believe 22 and on for both models there but uh definitely a lot of model y's on the road so that'll certainly be interesting to see what's there but uh in the next 12 months uh elon said that his best guess is that the global economy will turn around in uh roughly that 12 months and then tesla will be in extremely good position now i think a lot of that is the fact that uh they are doing a lot of things that is a, a little bit of a pain point right now right we've seen uh, a lot of these cost cuts. We've seen a lot of the uh, the pricing, the retail pricing on the models come down, uh, which has impacted their margin. We've seen that affect the stock price. We've seen 
uh, you know, the, the massive swings that have been Tesla. Well, not just this year, but for the past, uh, I mean, I don't know, five, five years, right? We've definitely seen things uh, just ramp up crazily and then drop on uh, these little nuances of information that are out there. And uh, we're trying to price this one to perfection at every single day. And it's just, uh, you know, head spinning as to how quick this one will move. But um, so when when we're looking at that, I definitely think that uh, all these cuts and all these plans now are part of a bigger chess move. We have cut down this margin in order to get, um, you know, kind of that market share. We're really trying to remain, um, you know, heavy on that market share. We don't want to lose that in order to uh, maintain margin right now. So it's definitely... Uh, a back and forth, uh, you know, tennis match as to who's winning and how we're going to go forward and really continue to dominate in the world of Tesla. So uh, for me, I'm still I'm still bullish on Tesla. At one point, it was my largest position, uh, and then after things corrected, it's pro- it's still in the top ten. But uh, when when it had run up into the two somethings, uh, that was definitely my number one uh, stock that I had as far as market value. But as things have corrected and come back down, it, uh, it went way down the list there when we were sitting at uh, 100, 105. But now that we're back up to, I think we're in the 160s, 170 range right now. I haven't uh, really taken too much of a close look today. Again, another crazy day for me. I think every day in the springtime is uh, very crazy for me. Oh, yeah, we're up $7.28 per share on Tesla, about 4.38%. Now, a lot of that is to do with the debt ceiling talks, right? Uh, Biden came back out uh, today and said, ultimately, that we are still in talks. We're going to get this thing solved. And everyone kind of already knew that there's always a line in the sand. Like I've said before, you know, the politics in Washington is we're not going to give until we absolutely have to. And then we're going to look like the the good guys for for making it happen in the in the 23rd hour, you know, so uh, I'm definitely thinking that this is going to pass. Hopefully, we don't get downgraded on our credit from Moody's like they did last time, going from triple A to AA plus. Um, so hopefully, that uh, doesn't get affected, and we don't have uh, you know higher interest rates on our credit cards and higher interest around the world uh, as far as what we can uh, purchase and things like that. So that is definitely uh, first and foremost one of the main things that's going on with the market right now. We are. Uh, kind of sitting on our hands, waiting for you know the news that happens to the this debt ceiling thing is going to be done, and uh, ultimately, man, it's a uh, it's tough tough out there to really know what is going to be uh, the real movers off the jump, right? Uh, I've definitely said before that uh, I think as we get rates pausing or cutting, we're going to start seeing a resurgence in housing and people looking to build new homes, but. Um, the Home Depot numbers this morning uh, kind of contradicted that a little bit. They uh, they came in. Well, let's take a look here. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, let me get back up to that article. Well, Home Depot, they came in heavy on their EPS. I believe we outshine there. Yeah, EPS at $3.82, beating expectations at $3.79. Revenue came in light. That was uh, $37.3 billion, missing expectations of $38.4 billion. Uh, so now going forward, this was uh, this was interesting for them. They see full year comparable sales down 2% to 5% and EPS down 7 to 13% versus their prior expectations of down at a mid single digit rate. So we are uh, forecasting lower which uh, when I go ahead and pull up uh, HD's 
uh, stock price on the day, you would think that it's going down because that makes sense, right? But uh, no, we're up $10.47. And uh, actually, you know what? I think that this news is from yesterday. This is from yesterday. Sorry. So we are rebounding today. Tuesday, we did trade lower. Uh, we came out, uh, went from about 288, dropped down to about 282. And now on Wednesday, with some of this news from Biden, it looks like we uh, we shot right back up. We opened lower, but now we we cruised above 290. We hit almost 294, and now we're sitting at 290.280. So uh, if you would have bought on Tuesday, uh, you would have been uh, making some money already on Home Depot. Now, again, you know, with uh, me calling for some of this resurgence in housing, I do think that we are going to have to get to the point that we know that interest rates are not going to be going up. We're going to be pausing them or we're going to be cutting them to really see people signing in to build new homes. Now, there is going to be some sort of a lag effect there from the time that uh, the rates actually get paused to the point where people are turning around and putting contracts down on homes to the builders actually going and getting supplies from these supply houses, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, you know, ABC supply, whatever it is. And uh, so there's going to be a lag effect. So I'm not sure that we're going to see this really rebound um, in this given year for Home Depot that we still might have these sales coming down lower. Uh, they might be kind of sandbagging this forecast saying that, hey, things are bad. Um, they're bad now. We don't really know what the future is going to hold. And they might surprise to the upside in Q4 uh, towards the end of the year when things are starting to turn around. Uh, so that is uh, remains to be seen here. But uh, ultimately, if you would have bought this one on Tuesday, you've already would have been up about uh, probably about $12 at this point simply by buying this one on the dip. So sometimes, again, it's really nice to buy a stock after earnings. You get uh, a little bit of a sell off. And then, you know, the next day or a couple days later, it really rebounds. Uh, in this case, I think a lot of this rebound was from the fact that the debt ceiling talks were uh, announced this morning. The whole kind of the market as a whole had moved up. And uh, I think a lot of people thought that the, the Home Depot news was already overblown. We already knew that uh, they were going to be uh, lighter than what they were last year. And uh, that was kind of already forecasted in that things were going to be headed down for them. Uh, but I mean, that made sense, right? Rates go up. People really don't want to spend as much on uh, building or remodeling right now. That budget might have gotten cut. And uh, we saw a lot of the same thing in Target, which, uh, I mean, similar story, right? We've got uh, Target came out with their earnings. Uh, they are up about 2.8% today, uh, $4.39 as I'm recording this. And we are sitting at a price of one sixty one thirty. But now when I'm looking at Target, um, it's looking like their reports are all saying that consumers are really looking for the staple goods in what they are buying right now. A lot of the different areas that they were really outshining in, uh, they kind of slowed down. So I'm uh, looking here at a report from Dow Jones and uh, uh, it says target sales suffered in the most recent quarter as shoppers stopped splurging as frequently on trendy clothes, home goods, and other items that can make up the bulk of the retailer's annual revenue. So uh, we're really sticking to those staples. Uh, it says comparable sales from those from stores and digital channels operating for at least 12 months came in flat for the quarter ended April 29th compared with the same period last year. 
slightly lower than the previous quarter's 0.7% rise and lower than analysts' expectations of a uh, 0.2% sales rise in the most recent quarter. So we came in flat. Uh, people are really looking to stick with the staples. Uh, we went away from that discretionary spending. And uh, it says the latter discretionary categories make up around 54% of Target's annual sales. So a lot of those uh, luxury type goods, uh, even at Target, yes, I know they're kind of luxury goods, you know, the, the trendy stuff. Uh, that is really something that makes up a lot of their annual sales and they are not getting those gains in the store. So, uh, you know, the, the soap and toilet paper and food items and things like that, people are still buying, but, uh, we're seeing people kind of shy away from the, the, the stuff that they really don't need. So that is kind of similar to me as, uh, what Home Depot is reporting. You know, if they got a broken, uh, you know, pipe or they got a, a broken refrigerator, Obviously, if uh, they need to fix that, they will go ahead and do that, but they're not really looking to uh, build as many additions or they're not looking to, uh, you know, redo all their floors right now. Uh, you know, so if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's kind of what it's looking like for Home Depot. Kind of a similar story in a different uh, category for Target. So uh, I'm seeing a little bit there that's kind of meshing together. And uh, overall, it's kind of meeting up with the report that we are seeing uh, from the retail sales for April for the US. So now you kind of put all that together and really where does this go? Um, not to just simply look back at what Elon said, but he's saying that, you know, we are in this turnaround. Margins are compressing. Uh, you know, all these different things are happening right now. But in the next 12 months, we do see uh, things starting to turn around. And I, I've kind of said that for a while without Elon, right? I said that, you know, as the, the rates begin to pause, or be cut by the end of the year, which is a lot of people are calling for that. Uh, I think when I checked a while back, it was only about 4% of people that said rates will not be cut at all by the end of the year. And um, now that might be true. That might not. It might take until 24 to get some of these rate cuts. But as that starts happening, I think we're going to see more people having uh, renewed interest in building a house or remodeling their home and then buying some of these items that we're kind of putting on hold for a while. Uh, that might be hard for Target too, as we saw with some of their inventory glut last year. Uh, they had a lot of these different, uh, you know, discretionary type items, but uh, it was the wrong mix because we couldn't get them in 21 when they ordered it. They came in late in 22. Then people didn't want those items, so they all went on sale. And again, you know, those sale items are going to go off the shelf quicker. You're getting, you know, last year's items at a discount. But uh, I do think that there's going to be a renewed interest for a lot of these items that we're not purchasing now. Uh, I do think that the auto sales are going to tick back higher as, uh, you know, there, there's just more demand. People are going to be getting back to the office. There's been a big push for that as well. Uh, you know, a lot of this commercial real estate, people are really saying that, uh, you know, uh, the values are getting hurt because people aren't going to come back to the office. But I, I'm kind of contrarian on that. I, I do believe that, uh, you know, more business is going to get done as people are less distracted. They're in the office. You can kind of collaborate with uh, employees and coworkers and things like that in order to get these jobs done. Uh, and I don't think that a lot of these big companies are simply just going to uh, abandon their the, the building that they they built, uh, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, uh, just simply to say everyone work from home and I, I never want to see you again. So I do think that people are going to come back in the office. Uh, I think that's going to, you know, really have people looking for new vehicles if they haven't already purchased one. And uh, we'll kind of start seeing people, uh, you know, maybe 
buying a house closer to the office, maybe, you know, rehabbing something else in order to make it work or not be a home office. There, there's a lot of different things at play right now. So I'm really kind of curious as to where things go from here. Uh, I definitely think that buying some of these stocks on a dip makes a lot of sense. I mean, Home Depot, Target are quality companies. They've been hit uh, by a lot of different things. As I said, with Target, the, the inventory glut, having the wrong mix of products at the wrong time, uh, simply from supply chain problems uh, during COVID, uh, specifically 2021. And I think going forward, we're going to start seeing these companies are really outshining as they are profitable companies. I do think that some of these will be some of the first to start uh, really rebounding. And yes, I mean, yes, they're coming back up today. That's uh, the market overall on a lot of this debt ceiling talk and getting, you know, the ball rolling and getting these problems fixed. But, um, you know, that being said, we'll, we'll really see here going forward as to uh, what's going to be happening out there and uh, where we go from here. But I definitely think that some of these high quality companies that uh, are fairly valued are going to be good ones to purchase for the long run. And uh, I, I definitely think that uh, buying some of these as they come out with their earnings and you have a little bit more of a guide going forward can certainly get us to that path of profitability in that uh, investing kind of promised land, if you will. Uh, I know it's been a rough 18 months here from the, pretty much the start of 22. Um, you know, and I was actually looking at NVIDIA earlier because that was the stock that we purchased on the investing challenge, which is on the Facebook group. Uh, week one of 22. And uh, I think we bought it at uh, right around 300, 303, I want to say. And man, this one, this one has been a, a rough stock to own. And I'll remind you that October 13th of 22, what, about eight months ago, this one was at 108, 108. And I was buying this one after it dropped. Oh man. Uh, so we went from 303 when we bought it down to 108, which looked terrible. And now it's sitting at 300 again. Three, uh, $300.39. We are up $8.26 on the day. I am super glad that we were able to average down on this one and add into some more NVIDIA stock than simply buying it at 300 and leaving it alone. Uh, I know for my personal portfolios, I bought a good bit of NVIDIA uh, on the way down and uh, added it to my IRA and to my uh, my regular brokerage account. And uh, this one has done really well for me. So um, yes, buying it one time didn't work for us. But when you average down in a high quality name, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't want uh, NVIDIA because people were getting away from Bitcoin mining. The miners weren't so profitable, yada, yada. And then, you know, the resurgence of AI came out and NVIDIA was in that sweet spot again. So again, they've got a lot of different lanes they can travel down. And I think all of them are going to be profitable at some point. So uh, the fact that NVIDIA has really recovered this well uh, from 108 in October to $300 today, that uh, that is a massive run that I would not want to bet against uh, going forward. So could this one settle back down? Most certainly. It probably will. We'll probably get to somewhere at a midpoint here. And at that point, I'm going to be looking to buy some more. So uh, that's what I got on that. Um, Let's see, uh, NVIDIA that's currently says downside of about 2.79% from 36 ranked analysts. But uh, like I said, these numbers are all over the map in the past three months as far as what uh, you know the price targets were looking like. And a lot of people put a price and then it just got 
uh, blown out of the water the next day. So I definitely think that uh, there's still some upside for NVIDIA. Uh, we do have some competition coming from some other uh, semiconductor names and chip makers, uh, specifically AMD. This one uh, is above their current price target as well. So about 5% of downside on AMD. But I'm still strong and bullish on both of these names. And uh, I'd be comfortable buying either of them on a dip. So that's what I got. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. All right. Welcome back to the podcast here. Uh, so the other thing that's moving up higher today is these regional banks. And uh, a lot of that is led by Western Alliance saying that they uh, had their deposits actually rise again last week. So we've got Western Alliance up. We've got uh, PacWest up about 16.4%. We've got Huntington Bank shares about 5.3% uh, to the upside. Uh, some of these tickers, I don't even know. I'd have to click on all of them. Zion Bank up about 10.8%. Uh, what's Wall? W-A-L. Uh, that, that's Western Alliance Bank Corporation up about 11.6%. And uh, anything else notable? Um, no, I think they're pulling up a lot of the, the major banks as well. So um, I know Capital One Financial was getting some talk from uh, Warren Buffett. He did go ahead and add that to uh, Berkshire Hathaway. That one is up about 3.5% today as well. Uh, Bank of America, just a quick check here on what's going on with these names. Uh, Bank of America up about 4.4%. So that's definitely nice here. Uh, and we were looking at Goldman Sachs last week for the investing challenge. Uh, so I'll do a quick check on that one. And they are up 2.6%, up $8.36 on the day. Uh, so yeah, another one that uh, I think a lot of these banks, especially the large cap names, it got pulled down with these regionals going bankrupt. Uh, I do think that that was a, uh, an oversight. I think some of the regional banks probably are going to be safe. Uh, I don't think that the, the government really wants uh, a lot of these regionals to go by the wayside as we've seen them bail out the banks. We've also learned a lot more about them and that they lend to a lot of smaller uh, you know, individuals or uh, smaller companies in order to get uh, some money into that region as well uh, for new buildings and new construction, things like that to really bolster that economy. So it's really, uh, you know, I think beneficial to the to the area to go ahead and have these regional banks. At the same time, I could see, uh, you know, the top 10, 15 banks really expanding and uh, kind of eating all the regional banks lunch. So it's kind of a difficult call to know which ones are going to survive. But it is nice to see that uh, there is some money coming back in in the way of deposits into these regional banks. So I definitely think that is going to uh, bolster, the, bolster the market as well. And uh, kind of given a little bit more support to some of the problems that we were looking at uh, last week when I said that, uh, you know, if a couple things go right, we get rid of the debt ceiling, uh, we talks, we, we solve that problem, we get out of uh, some of the bankruptcies that are in these regional banks, and we really try to find a way to, to go forward. I thought the market was going to respond pretty well. And uh, as we see more chatter about both of these topics, uh, things are moving up nicely. So that is definitely nice to see. And um, yeah, what do we got here for uh, for week 21 on the investing challenge? You can go over to uh, Facebook uh, to the Let It Grow Investing page, join the group and get your votes in. That way, uh, every week when I buy a new stock, you'll have some kind of input as to what we are buying, why we're doing it. And uh, then you can just simply follow along as to what that portfolio is looking like right now. So when I am looking at our Webull portfolio, you know, I haven't looked at it today. 
are we going to be in the green? Uh, I don't think we've got enough out there to really get us into the green quite yet. Uh, you know, 22 was a pretty rough year for us. I think we ended this uh, 22 investing challenge down 15%. We did outpace the S&P, the NASDAQ, and the Dow, I believe. Uh, but yeah, now going forward, we are up 1.6% today. We are up $249 on the day, but we are still down 4.69%, uh, uh, down about $677, it looks like right now. But uh, this is trending the right way. And, um, you know, hopefully this uh, some of these different purchases here that we have made this year will really start to uh, you know, outshine and kind of overtake some of these, uh, you know, the losses that we've had over the last year. Uh, NVIDIA, we are, man, we really cut these losses. This was one of the main losses we had probably end of last year, but uh, now we are only down 0.7%. I believe we were down probably 40, 50% on this at some point. Uh, so it's definitely nice to see that this one has come back up. Um, so yeah, our, yeah, we've definitely got a nice, nice move there on NVIDIA. And I, you know, and now I think I said that we averaged in again to this one, and I don't know that we did. Uh, looks like we've only got the about 0.6% of a, of a share here. So I guess we never did buy this one, but, uh, uh, I know I did buy it in my, uh, my portfolios and, uh, that's, you know, definitely treated me well. Let me just uh, double check that. I want to see what, uh, I've owned it at in my portfolio. To see what uh, what we kind of gains we made from averaging in on Nvidia over that course of time as well. So uh, Nvidia, when I scroll down here on ETrade, uh, I do have links in the description to help get you going. Uh, yeah, I'm up fifty percent on ETrade uh, on Nvidia. That is my uh, my cost basis is one hundred ninety nine sixty seven. So I did buy some on the dip. I, I bought lower on the dip as well. Um, but ultimately it has come up about a hundred dollars since that, uh, that purchase price. So, uh, or from my average purchase price that is. So that is definitely nice to see that this one has rebounded well for us. And, uh, I even remember looking a couple weeks back and it was in the 20% range of, uh, being up. So definitely nice to see that we are at that 50% gain by simply buying the dip in NVIDIA. But uh, yeah, going forward, we've got uh, five names for this week. That is the general theme around here. But uh, first up, we've got John Deere. The ticker is DE. So John Deere, uh, where are we going to report on this one? This one is going to be reporting on Friday, 519. So we will have a little bit more news before we go ahead and potentially purchase this one on Monday. So I didn't want to do the same thing as last week where we uh, bought it and then they reported. So we'll have that news ahead of time and uh, we'll ultimately know where uh, John Deere is going to be heading. And, uh, you know, like I've said before, that uh, Monday morning purchase or lunchtime purchase, I normally I have an alert set in my phone to purchase at noon. So if it does trade down, uh, I think it'll be you know pretty rapid if this one does go down on Monday morning. And then uh, hopefully it stabilizes around lunchtime to where we can buy this one uh, kind of at the bottom is my hope or potentially get in. Uh, you know, we might be buying it a little bit too early as far as if it does go up. But uh, that's OK. I'm, I'm comfortable buying John Deere. The P.E. is at a 13.4. So I think from that uh, that lower P.E., I do believe that we are safe. It is trading below those five year averages. 
Uh, we do have really strong earnings per share, $26.92 per share that they are earning. So it's currently uh, trading at $369.91, up about 2% on the day. Uh, we do have a 1.4% dividend on this one. And uh, what's the current analyst research when we are looking at that uh, share price upside here? Uh, still about 26.7% of upside for an average price target of 468 uh, so we've got about uh, about $100 of upside from 13 different analysts uh, on their 12-month price target for John Deere. So I'm definitely comfortable with this one. Uh, even if we miss out uh, and we don't purchase now and say, you know, Monday morning it goes to $390, uh, I'm still comfortable with that. I still think there's enough upside in order to buy this one and still really, uh, you know, ride the wave higher. Uh, we've still got a low PE. There's still a lot of growth. They're still getting into all the robotics and everything for agriculture. I, I still am very bullish on this name as well. So uh, that's number one. Uh, John Deere ticker is DE. Number two, we've got Caterpillar. Similar reasons that I'm looking to buy this one. I do believe that this one has uh, been oversold, right? We, we hit a high of around 260 earlier this year. Uh, we are currently trading at 212. And uh, PE, uh, still comfortable with it. It's a 15.3 times multiple on Caterpillar. Uh, still solid earnings at $13.53 per share. Uh, we've got a quarterly dividend of 2.3%. Uh, and uh, this one already reported. So the next earnings date will be uh, August 1st. So we've got uh, all the news that we need. This one could have some uh, some pin action from John Deere. If John Deere does poorly, we're probably going to see Caterpillar drop on some of that news. If John Deere does really well, we'll probably see Caterpillar move up on that news as well. So they're up about $5 on the day, uh, which is about 2.5% for Caterpillar. So still bullish on both names. I think they've oversold. I'm comfortable with the PEs and uh, I'm comfortable with uh, you know what that outlook looks like for the next 12 months or so. Uh, as I said, with uh, you know the, the building and all, I do believe we're going to get... Uh, uh, more of a resurgence in uh, new home starts, construction uh, starts. And I think that that is going to be a rebound for these two names. We're going to go from oversold to probably overbought when that happens. That would be my my humble opinion. So uh, Walmart, that is going to be number three, WMT. And uh, Walmart's pretty flat on the day, down about uh, 0.09%. So that's only about 12 cents a share down. Um, probably with some of that target news uh, that people are you know, really trying to avoid some of those uh, consumer discretionary spends. And they're really focusing on more of the consumer staples, which should be right in Walmart's wheelhouse. But uh, they are set to report tomorrow. And uh, we've got currently about... Uh, one and a half percent of quarterly dividend. We've got a PE that is sitting a little bit high at 35 times. Uh, so this one is probably priced to perfection. If there is any kind of slowdown in those consumer staples, say we overstocked on, uh, you know, what uh, everyone was restocking on last year was a, a lot of the medications. Uh, I know that um, someone came out with a report today on, I believe, Fox Business. I was listening in while I was working. And uh, they were saying that a lot of the medications were just overbought last year. And that's why there was a shortage. So that even from uh, Tylenol, Advil, everything like that, people were really stocking up on them. Amoxicillin was being purchased by any doctor's office, hospital in order to have it on hand. 
But uh, that really led to a uh, supply crunch, even though there wasn't that much demand. They just all wanted to stock up and have it on hand. So maybe we overbought some of those staple items uh, that would be, you know, beneficial to Walmart. And now, you know, sales might be kind of slowing or lagging, trading kind of sideways from that news. But um, I do believe that this one should survive any sort of, you know, economic problems going forward. I do believe that Walmart should be okay. I'm sure that they are going to be priced to perfection. And these little movements are, um, you know, normal for them. They're not going to be as volatile. The beta is a 0.4. One would be on par with uh, the volatility of the S&P 500, and they are trading at a 0.4. So uh, not going to be a very volatile company. Uh, as far as analyst research, I'm guessing it's going to be low on this one. They normally don't have any major price swings, uh, about 10.7% of upside. Uh, so uh, I mean, I definitely think that we could hit 165 within the next 12 months. But uh, we'll have to see where their earnings come in. And, you know, we might get a, a nice response out of that earnings. Maybe they uh, surprise to the upside versus some of the other retailers that have reported thus far. Uh, so number four, and this one, I'm, I'm really thinking about buying some more for myself here. And uh, that name is Enphase Energy. And uh, they're going to be the uh, solar provider with microinverters built into each panel. And I do believe that they are... Uh, trading off on on or trading down since uh, the start of the year really on a lot of these reports that uh you know the EV sales were slowing that uh a lot of these different things as far as uh consumer discretionary were slowing and uh I do believe that that is going to be short-lived I, th I think I saw a report on Motley Fool saying that that was the same thing um which I normally don't uh really follow everything that they say as gospel but uh I, I kind of tend to agree with them here. I do believe that as we have more spending, more building, we're going to get more people doing solar projects to save on those utility bills that are still rising out of control. And uh, I do believe that Enphase should be a uh, you know benefactor of that. So uh, they are up today about 2%, up about $3.24, trading at one sixty four twenty. And uh, I still believe that this one is uh is oversold I, I do believe that at that 330 mark where we reached that high or 339 actually back in december uh i believe that it was overbought i thought that uh, it ran up too much too quickly and uh, i thought it was going to be due for a pullback i did not expect to be cut in half but uh ultimately that's what happened here is a you know about a 50 percent haircut i'm still up on this one just not nearly as much as what i was and uh i do believe that i could go ahead and add some more to this one. I feel pretty comfortable. We've traded uh, sideways here for a couple weeks. And I do believe that uh, as things kind of smooth out, uh, we're going to see this one really start to take off higher. So I am comfortable in adding this one for myself. If you guys uh, want to see this one get added to the investing challenge portfolio, go ahead over there to let it grow investing on Facebook and vote up for ENPH. Now, number five is going to be Taiwan Semiconductor, which is TSM. And they are going to be a foundry that makes uh, a good portion of the chips that are in all the items that we use uh, around the world. So even a lot of NVIDIA chips uh, are made here. You're going to have uh, AMD chips that are actually made here. Apple is uh, actually... I just saw this article that Apple has reserved 90% of Taiwan Semiconductor's 
uh, three nanometer production capacity for making i uh, iPhones, iMacs, and other Apple products for I believe 2024. So uh, they've got a pretty big contract with uh, with Apple, uh, and I definitely think they think that that is going to help them. Yes, there's a lot of problems with uh, politics around the world. There always is. But, uh, you know, there's definitely that China news that scared a lot of people out of Taiwan, semi Warren Buffett included. But uh, I think that a lot of their spending here in the U.S., plus the fact that they have all these, uh, you know, contracts already on the books. This one is trading at a P.E. of about 13.3. They make about uh, $39.91 per share on earnings. We got a quarterly dividend of about 1.65%. So uh, you put all that together. Um there's about 30% of upside left from four different analysts on uh, on tip ranks here uh, for an average price target of about 118.67. So I'm still bullish on this one. Um, I know that there's a lot of problems going forward or with uh, politics around the world for them, but I definitely think that we're going to get over that, uh, especially as the uh, the foundries are made in the U.S. And that should certainly help this one going forward. We are up about 6.3% today on uh, on some of this news. And that is about uh, $5.39 at the moment. So this one has moved up nicely. Uh, I think all of them except for Walmart have moved up pretty substantially here today. But um, I'm still looking at this one as a uh, potential buy candidate going forward. Uh, I definitely see... Uh, some some good news here out of uh, at least a few of these stocks that is really bullish for me. And uh, I'd definitely like to see what you guys have to think up or say about these going forward. Uh, so get over there and vote. Let me know, uh, you know, maybe why you're voting for that one or why you don't want to vote for the other ones. And uh, if you've got any stocks that you really want to see go, you know, head to head for next week or, you know, further out, please let me know which stocks you're really looking to buy right now. And uh, maybe give me a couple of reasons why it's on your radar. And we'll try to see if that one can't make it into an investing challenge purchase uh, going forward for the rest of the year. So uh, that's what I got for today. Please get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in and uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. So take care and uh, be safe out there. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.